05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Liam Martin here with us out of Montreal, Canada. And uh, so just north of, of myself here. Although Montreal, where is that on the... I, I should be more up on my Montreal. For some reason, I'm picturing it the Western it's part on of, Eastern Standard Time. But I was going to uh, say it's Eastern, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, literally north of uh, New York. Yeah, okay. So okay. It's, a, it's a quick... Quick, quick flight, but I'm going to Lisbon in about four hours, as we discussed yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So I will soon be in another location, which is exciting. Is what's the time dis- uh, difference Lisbon to where you're at? I think it's about six hours. However, six hours. for a business like mine, it doesn't really matter because yeah. we run asynchronously, which is actually yeah. the thing that I want to get into in this. Yeah, podcast. absolutely, absolutely. Well, before we get too deep into that. Uh, I like to ask all my guests what uh, the name of the podcast championship leadership. So what comes to mind for you or what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear it? Well, boy, I think it's uh, leadership as a service. So focusing on how you can help your team members and not necessarily how that can feed your own ego. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. unfortunately, and this is a really weird counterintuitive perspective. Yeah. If you build a business, at least in my case, you need to be very egotistical in order to do it. I am good enough that I'm going to build this thing that's going to exist and put a dent in the universe. Yeah, that's However, counterintuitively, once you actually get to the point in which you succeeded and you have a bunch of people that work for you, you have to lose your ego. You have to go in reverse and right. be much more of a person that provides service to your team members as opposed to someone that says, hey, I've, I've built this. Am I not fantastic? I don't know how that yeah. exactly works, but it's a very weird situation. Right. And it took me many years to be able to come to that realization. Absolutely. I like that. That's a, that's a, a new little twist on, on uh, you know, cause we've done 300 episodes or more. And, mm-hmm. and so I always ask it and I always get a different uh, answer. So, which is always fun to hear. I'm just waiting for the day where I just keep getting the same answer, but it hasn't happened yet. So, mm. you know, <laughs> I mean, maybe you've already touched on this in the podcast, what's the best answer that you've gotten? 
Well, I, that's other than mine, of course, that I, yeah, just well, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's gotta be yours uh, up to this point <laughs> right now. Yeah. Thanks. That's, Thank that's so the much. other problem with 300. They all kind of mesh together. And I, right. you know, I, I don't know. You should do a podcast episode of just that question 300 times. I, yeah, I should I just like a mixtape, cool. right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's not a bad idea or go get some of my favorites or something like that. But, uh, well, let's get back into you here. Why don't you, I know you, you briefly glazed over it just right sure. before this question. So yeah, kind of give us an idea of who you are and kind of the path that you've taken and, and what that's brought you to what you do today and, and what sure. you're all about. So as you said, my name is Leah Martin. I live on planet earth, more specifically in Montreal, <laughs> Canada for the next four hours yep. before I leave for Lisbon. And I'm incredibly passionate about remote work. I've been doing it for almost 20 years. I've actually multi built multiple businesses in remote work, built a couple companies like Time Doctor, which is a time tracking tool for remote work, staff.com, and Running Remote, which is the largest conference on remote work. And about a year and a half ago, two years ago, someone came to me with an offer to write a book on basically anything that I wanted connected to remote work. They basically just said, no one's written anything about this. And you're one of the world experts on this particular subject. Can you write a book? And I said, I probably could, but it's going to take me about two years to do it. Because when you write a book, you really, I mean, that thing sticks with you forever. Yeah. And so August 16th, the book's coming out. And what this book explains is something that's very counterintuitive to, I think, all the other books that you've probably written on or read on remote work, which is the one thing that everyone in the remote first community before the pandemic understood, but no one in the remote first community post pandemic understood, which is what I'm calling asynchronous management, the ability yeah. to be able to manage people without directly interacting with them. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit more. Or, sure. You know, I know, I guess so, you just briefly described what it is, but yeah. yeah. So I'll give you, I'll give you some context here. Vaishali, who I think is the one that booked this particular podcast with us. I've worked with her every day for the past six years and I have met her in person and on video chat six times mm -hmm. uh, during that six years. Most of the time we actually meet in person. So we communicate through asynchronous forms of communication, through our project management systems, through our email yeah. systems, through our process documentation. And she has the autonomy to be able to do what she needs to do inside of the business, i.e., in this case, book podcast yeah, right. <laughs> uh, meetings for me. And then I have the autonomy to be able to do my side of that transaction and contract, which is execute on those particular podcasts. And that division of labor allows for a form of autonomy that can really scale your business. Because at any point, if I wanted to, I could probably hire 10 Vaishalis to really scale this process. Now, Vaishali has put me on 463 podcasts in the last five months. So Thanks. unfortunately, I am completely <laughs> burned out. Like I'm at top yeah. capacity. Yeah. I wish there I could print out more Liam's uh, right. to be able to make that process faster. Unfortunately, I can't. But that's that's the beauty of asynchronous management is when the platform actually becomes the manager instead of individuals then you can actually significantly accelerate your business. I don't know if you've read uh, the E-Myth, but really kind yeah. of like E-Myth 2.0, which is, yes, you have processes and systems inside of your organization, but what if you could scale that to all interactions inside of your business? What mm -hmm. if the platform could effectively do 90% of what a classical manager could do? You're going to completely 
scale and accelerate your business to basically to, to links that you've never experienced before. Yeah. 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 Wow. I've always said that a championship leader is to be someone that you would want to be led by. And that's really been the reason for this podcast is, is to talk to championship leaders all over the world from all kinds of different backgrounds, experiences, industries, niches, professions. And uh, so through these past four years of building out this podcast, I've, I've had a number of companies that have reached out that want exposure for their, their product. And one recently that I've really grabbed a hold of is a company called Magic Mind. And if you're, if you're watching this here on YouTube, you can see this is the bottle and uh, this is their page here. Um, it's the world's first productivity drink. And when they first reached out and asked me to, to, to give this a try and, and to test it for myself individually before being willing to come in and to speak to uh, our audience here on, on the podcast as a recommendation um, to first try it for myself. And so a little skeptical, definitely going in uh, oftentimes I'll take different supplements and, and uh, with a, with a promise of a certain result and, and have never really had a, had the same experience. Right. So uh, I've been trying this for the last taking this for the last seven days. A good friend of mine, Vinnie Berry uh, has also been taking this for the past seven days and we've both had some incredible results and experience with it. What I really have liked about this and what I've noticed, and it's and it takes some time, right, to build up. You don't take it the first day and, and get some instant results, although you do feel the effects on the first day. But really, uh, four, five, six days in, notice that, uh, you know, I've been much calmer. My energy has been high. Typically, as a business owner, an entrepreneur, just like you listening, um, we have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of stresses, a lot of pressure. Uh, for ourselves to build a company, to, to continue to grow revenue, to take care of those that, that work for us. And uh, a lot of times we'll do that. One way to stay alert and to keep our energy and focus up is to continue to drink coffee, to hit that uh, favorite energy drink in the middle of the day, just as I had. And, and uh, I still love my coffee. The great thing about this is you, you can continue to use your coffee, drink your coffee uh, and use this in conjunction with that. And so I'll have a cup of coffee in the morning. And then I've, I take one of these, I just drink it straight. It tastes really good. Uh, it's got a nice open bottle. It's lightweight. It's plastic. It's recyclable. Uh, I travel a lot. I'm going to run hundred miles here soon uh, in the next week. And uh, I plan on bringing these out on the course with me uh, to, to keep me alert, to continue to give me that energy without the, without the hit, right? The coffee and, and, and the uh, energy drinks give you the jitters and, 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 you know, there's the constant crash, which, which means I go for the other cup or I go for the, the, the energy drink. And, and with this, one of the, one of the ingredients, key ingredients, and there's many of them, but, uh, uh, matcha, it, it, it's, it's what gives you the energy as you could see, um, on the screen here talks about the different ingredients inside of here, the nootropics, the adaptogens, honey, matcha, you name it. But, um, I love it. I've subscribed myself and going to continue to take this on a daily basis. I felt more calm, more clear, more focused and, and way more productive. 
taking Magic Mind. And so uh, I have a code for you to try this out yourself. You can subscribe and save up to 40% with my code CHAMP20. If you go to magicmind.co forward slash championship, again, magicmind.co forward slash championship, and then you go to order. If you subscribe, you'll save 40%. Uh, save 20% if you just want to do a one-time trial basis to, to see what it, the effects are for you. Uh, you could go ahead and just do that and get the 20% discount with CHAMP20. So again, the code is CHAMP20. We'll put all this in the show notes for you. But I highly recommend giving it a try. I've, I've loved it. The experience has been great for me and I'm going to continue to uh, use it moving forward. What's, uh, you know, it's interesting because I have a, a good friend. I, I need to touch base with him because I know he was in the process of trying to sell his business, but he had a completely remote business in kind of the healthcare space, I suppose. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, I got like, I don't know, 26, let's say, or 28 team members all over the, the country. And he's never met any of them except for like a sales guy. And I always thought that that was really weird. And and then, you know, especially from like a leadership standpoint, right. I think of, man, you know, it's, it's just, uh, in my mind, you know, leaders, it's, it's about relationships and connections and, and personal uh, touch and, and getting to know your people. And obviously you can do it without the in-person contact because of this, because of you and what you do and because of my friend and, you know, he seemed to do it fairly successfully, but, you know, it's just, it's really foreign to me. And I'm like, man, you, you've never gotten together with him. Like not even like throughout the year, once or twice here or there to, to, to create maybe some of those relationships, but uh, what, is that important is what's your thoughts on that? To a degree, it's important. I would say, so when it's not COVID season, yeah, uh, we'll usually meet at least once per year. Okay. So we basically have a conference about the company. We fly everyone into yeah. one location. It's a really fun experience for everybody because bet, yeah. we usually like to choose a location that's a little bit difficult to be able to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that we were going to go to that we canceled due to COVID back in 2020 was Mumbai, which I've is still on my list of yeah. places that I would like to be able to go. Yeah. And so we get everyone into one particular place and that's where you build that synchronous rapport. Right. Yeah. The, oh, I didn't know how tall you were. Oh, I didn't know that you moved your hands like this. I didn't know that you hated shrimp as an example, right? right, right? Yeah. Those little small details that you pick up. But to the point of leadership, when I was studying all of these asynchronous organizations, which by the way, are some of the fastest growing companies in the world, mm-hmm. um, WordPress, GitLab, uh, Shopify, these companies are absolute behemoths and they have no physical location. They have their employees are just distributed all over planet earth. And the only way that you can actually execute on a remote team at scale is through asynchronous management. So it can work really well if you have 20, 30, 40 people, but once you really get past what's called the Dunbar number, which is about 150 people. And basically that is, um, there are about 150 people maximum that if you saw them at a restaurant, you would go over to them, sit down and have a drink with them. That's yeah. the definition of basically like Dunbar's definition of a friend. Yeah. So once you get past that point, unfortunately, people, no matter how hard you try, become numbers. They're not, yeah, right. they're not people anymore. So you need to be able to manage that process in a more asynchronous manner. And with regards to leadership, what these remote companies really figured out is it's less about the 
the work or sorry, it's less about the people that you work with, but it's more about the work that you do. Mm-hmm. So focusing on the mission of the company and reinforcing that mission as much as humanly possible gives you a much better advantage to, you know, uh, pizza Thursdays and a cake on your birthday. Yeah. As an example, yeah. no one actually right. wants that stuff. If you <laughs> look at like, I call it culture, culture at gunpoint yeah. in remote companies where on Friday <laughs> evening, everyone reports to a zoom call and they say, Hey, uh, we're going to play cards against humanity, but the HR approved version, right? Not the fun yeah, version. Right, of course. And your, your beer is going to get FedEx to you. It's just not something that people, people think that they have to just recreate the office yeah. at home. But the problem is that you're turning working at home into living at work. And that's a yeah, real right. counterintuitive perspective yeah. for most people. Most people just want to actually live their lives and add yeah. their work into it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that does make sense. Uh, so you were kind of ahead of the curve, obviously. It feels like, rem- especially with COVID, that mm-hmm. really kind of accelerated a lot of the remote from work or from home. And also just the fact that the people can do it and pull it off and maybe even maybe even do it better than than being in the office setting uh, in certain situations. So, but uh, like I said, you were kind of way ahead of that curve. If you've been in this space for 20 years, what, because I talk about championship leadership and we talk about vision a lot and what's your vision and, and a lot of championship leaders that have essentially the vision that a lot of others can't see or that others might think they're crazy for, for having, right? Like, you know, I'm a sports guy. So a Bill Belichick or Nick Saban, kind of the top football coaches in, in their profession, in their leagues. And they continue to find a way against the best in the world, right. Uh, to, to win championships almost year after year. Uh, and I believe a big part of that is this vision that they have that's different than others and having the courage to take action on it. So what's, uh, what made you, you know, see remote work as something that maybe was into the future was going to be the thing, or did you have that vision? Yeah, I knew it was an inevitability that most of the data sets were showing that by about 2030, 50% of the U.S. population was going to be working remotely. That was the projection pre-COVID. February of 2020, 4% of the U.S. workforce was working remotely. By March of 2020, 4%, that's it? 4% of the U.S. workforce was working remotely. Yeah, February of 2020. And by March of 2020, that was 45%. Yeah, crazy. That's the biggest yes. transition in work since the industrial revolution. What's it at right now? Do you know? It's approximately at about 30-ish percent. So it only dropped that's, 15. That's also with 90% of people stating that they're working remotely voluntarily, meaning they're not working remotely due to COVID. Yeah. So less than 10% of that population is working from home due to COVID. Yeah. And so that's our new baseline. Right. Is we're, we're floating around the 30% mark. And we're actually now starting to see that number inch back up, okay. uh, which is yeah. really interesting. And yeah. the other data set that I love looking at is um, there's a huge wage gap divide. So if you make more than $100,000 per year, you're, much, you're four times more likely to work remotely than if you make under $100,000. Oh, really? So a lot of the thought workers, right? The people that work at their computer, the engineers, the, you know, the marketers, the, even some of the high-end customer support agents, they're all working remotely, but then the people that obviously work retail and a bunch of other, there's a yeah, really makes great sense too, report right? on that, that can yeah. break that down. But for me, I mean, when you think about vision and direction, 
um, probably something I didn't necessarily tell you or we didn't cover in the documents beforehand was I used to be a, um, I used to be a pair skater. So I was the guy that lifted the girls. I mean, oh, Canada, really? you do one of two things, you either play hockey or you figure skate. Yeah. I yeah. was that guy. Okay. And my coach was a woman named Marina Zueva and the Olympics after the one in which I unfortunately broke my knee and oh, no I was, I was pulled out of the Olympic team and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Olympic you were Olympics. on the Olympic team on the hopefuls team. So I was 22nd yeah. in the world at one wow. point, which was great. Yeah. Um, really kind of, again, How old are probably you? a completely separate pardon. How old are you? I'm just about to turn 40. Okay. Yeah. So Marina Zueva, the next Olympics, she had first, third, fourth, and fifth at the Olympics. Wow. The absolute definition of a championship coach, right? Yeah, right like right. she almost sweeped the entire, yeah. the entire top five. That's crazy. And the one thing that I learned from Marina that I try to apply everywhere else in my life is if you work with her, she is presuming that you're a champion. Yeah. You yeah. will become the best in the world. And if yeah. you're not willing to become the best in the world, I'm not willing to train you. Yeah. And that's the piece that I think is really important when thinking about our vision and where we want to go. Our mission statement is we want to accelerate the world's transition towards remote work. And we do that through a lot of different ways. We have our three-year picture, our five-year big, hairy, audacious goal, which is we want basically, or actually, no, it's, it's our three-year big, hairy, audacious goal is we want a million paid users by 2025 for our Time Doctor product. And we reinforce this into every single meeting that we do at the very beginning of every video. We review that VTO. We quiz people on that. Um, that vision. It's called the Vision Traction Organizer. And okay. we really make sure that everyone in the company understands exactly why they're there and yeah. what they're doing is impacting that particular <clears throat> goal. And that's why I'm saying it's more about the work than the people, because if you're really passionate about transitioning the world towards remote work, like I am, yeah, then I just want to attract more of those people. And right. if you're not excited about that, I'll find you another job that's equally as exciting for you. Yeah, but for us, yeah. we really want that cult-like commitment to that particular goal. And that is the core differentiator that I see between companies that are generally okay and successful yeah. and the companies that become tech unicorns. Yeah, absolutely. That's what brought you from uh, Olympic level, right? Athlete to uh, planting your flag in the remote work world. Like, how did that happen? Well, that was a weird, long journey. So <laughs> for those of you that don't know, uh, once you become a carded athlete in Canada, you get a small government stipend every year to be able to train. Yeah. And it doesn't actually cover all your costs, sure. but it really does help. Um, mm -hmm. There was a program called Own the Podium for the Vancouver Olympics, which was implemented about six years before the Vancouver Olympics. Okay. And they started to invest more because they wanted to quote unquote on the podium. And I think yeah, they got right. second uh, for the Vancouver Olympics overall yeah. for the, the winter Olympics there. We've all, I mean, Canada's always placed relatively high in the winter yeah. Olympics. And so you get this stipend and uh, I was at the national championships 
And I think I was fifth going into the third event. So there's three events that you have to compete on and the top three got to move on okay. right to worlds and Olympics. So I was on the bubble, right? Like yeah. I, I could have, if we had done really well, if we had played second, we would have been yeah. able to make it Yeah. and uh, ended up actually smashing my kneecap on the ice. I didn't know it at the time. This was right towards the end of my routine last 30 seconds, but I had actually smashed my patella uh, completely uh, and yeah. my kneecap. And so I finished the event, you know, got off yeah. the ice and I looked at the, uh, the ice there, the, the boards. And I was like, why are there like EMS guys sitting there? And I had been, I'd been bleeding oh, wow. my knee all over everywhere. Oh, so geez. they took me in construct reconstructive surgery on my knee, fixed everything up, but my skating days were over. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that is a huge hit to someone's kind yeah, of it was your life, right? Mind. Absolutely. That was something I was doing 10 hours a day, every day, you know, <laughs> I hadn't had a chocolate bar in four years. Type of thing. <laughs> right. Like I was yeah, just sure. completely and utterly focused on that particular goal. Yeah. And I had a bit of a, you know, a kind of life realization. So I ended up getting into school on a prayer university. Uh, I didn't have a high school diploma because I was actually like I was through kind of a quasi athletic homeschool system. Okay. And so I got in. And the thing that was interesting is when I got into university, I had this huge complex because I had not finished my high school diploma. Okay. And I outworked every single student, <laughs> got a 4.0 GPA because I was just willing to sit. And I looked at school the same way I looked at training. I just sit yeah. and, you know, study six hours a day, every day, yeah. every day, and ended up getting to grad school and uh, ended up actually teaching my very first class at grad school. So for those of you that don't know, first and second year graduate students are usually the ones that actually teach those classes. It's not the professors. Yeah, sure. Started with 300 students, ended up with less than 200 and the worst academic reviews in the history of the department. And the department <laughs> had been up and running for 136 years. I remember walking into my supervisor's office <laughs> and I said, uh, I don't think I'm very good at this. Yeah. And he said, no, you are not. <laughs> and I said, okay, so what do you think I should do? And he said, you got to get pretty good at this teaching thing over the next 10 to 20 years before you actually get to do anything fun. So I threw a master's thesis under his door and I was out into the real world about six yeah. weeks later. And I started an online tutoring business because I actually recognized that instead of traveling from student to student, if I just tutored students through Skype, yeah. I could double my pay, right? Okay, because I sure. basically, and or, and or I could undercut the market. Drew that yeah. to a couple dozen tutors throughout North America and Europe. And that was my first, uh, that was my first remote business. And I, I recognized at that point that the ability to be able to work remotely really freed me from time and space. Work mm -hmm. was something that I could take with me now, as opposed to being just stuck in Montreal or just stuck in Lisbon or Toronto or, Minnesota or wherever the hell else yeah. I wanted to go. I could go anywhere I wanted. And I wanted not only myself, but everyone that worked for me and everyone on planet earth to be able to have that capability. So that's really how that, that kind of journey started was recognizing that remote work had this possibility space. And, um, and obviously <laughs> the last two and a half years have been crazy. You know, we've gone through, as I said, the biggest transition in work since the industrial revolution, but the industrial revolution took 80 years and we did that in March. And no one's really recognizing the implications 
of that. I mean, real estate is going to completely change. The way that businesses are built have already completely changed. You don't know it yet, but these companies that have adopted asynchronous management and remote first methodologies are completely blowing away anyone that's inside of an office because the largest cost to an off to a PL to any company is their office space. Uh, yeah. Fundamentally, it's actually the second largest cost uh, outside of their people. And by mm-hmm. removing those and minimizing your managerial processes, because you can actually make the platform the manager, you can very you can accelerate work in a way that it basically just grows on its own. It almost kind of like grows like a virus, which is uh, very exciting, at least for me, uh, because I've seen so many other companies do this fantastically well. Yeah. Well, the fact that you touching on, you know, getting into what you do and, and the remote work and the bil- the ability to really, no matter where you are, be able to, to do that. On the flip side of that is, you know, you're getting ready to go on a vacation. Um, how hard is it for you to turn it off and not do work and spend time with, with family and take time for yourself? When you know, no matter where you are, you could work and, and you could sneak this in and that in and, and uh, sure. you know, the, the lifestyle piece, I guess. So I think there's two conflicting issues that I kind of have to discuss there, which is inside of asynchronous management, we don't own a position, we inhabit a position. So I do not own the position of CMO of the company, which is what I am. Mm -hmm. I currently inhabit the position of CMO. So Mm -hmm. at any point, I can delegate that responsibility. And I actually need to have all of my processes and systems in place that at the drop of a hat, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, my VP of marketing, VP of growth, and my VP of sales can basically run themselves uh, without necessarily reporting that information back to me or interacting with me in a significant way. Yeah. Okay. So when I actually wrote the book, uh, the the book's called Running Remote, I, um, I just basically said, hey, this is a more important problem connected to our mission, which is helping the world's transition towards remote work. No one knows how the heck to do this at scale. We got to write the book to be able to actually figure it out. So see you guys later. I'm working half time. And, yeah. you know, and they, they, they picked it up without any problem whatsoever. Yeah. And so I can leave that position and basically no one will notice that I'm gone. And that's sure. actually, I mean, it's definitely hurtful towards my ego, but that's right. exactly the way yeah, that yeah. businesses should be run. That's how you want it, right? right? Yep. Ultimately. The other side of it is, you know, the hustle, right? That entrepreneurial DNA that everyone has inside of them, or well, maybe not everyone, entrepreneurs yep. have inside of them, which right. is, I always want to kind of do something more. So that is hard to turn off. But unfortunately, I think that's just the way yep. that, you know, people like us are bred, right. unfortunately. Yeah. And that is... That's in some cases a curse. Uh, mm-hmm. So you need to be able to, to minimize that. Uh, my wife's also an entrepreneur. So we both kind of actually feed into a really negative yeah, stereotype to both yeah. of us where we're just right. kind of working 12, 14 hours a day. But we are going to try to take a week to just disconnect, remove ourselves from you know the day in, day out. And the beauty of it is with asynchronous management, you can actually do that. Yeah. Well, good for you. I think that's important. Definitely. So- Kind of one last question here for you. One last main question here for you. Um, You know, if there's a like a critical moment that you've had, and I'm sure you've had many. Maybe you've already talked about. Yeah, you've definitely talked about one major one with with the transition from being an athlete to what do I do now. But 
um, kind of that fork in the road moment is how I describe it for many, Mm -hmm. especially these last few years, a lot of people facing those moments. We've all had many of them probably in our life, but obviously you made the decision you have uh, that has you where you are today, but had you made a different decision at that moment, your life could look very different. Is there a moment that comes to mind for you you could share? I think there's a lot of strength in here and how people did handle and decide in those moments to get to where they are today or where they want to go. You know, COVID is, is one that I think almost everyone can point back to. Mm -hmm. And I remember March, April, May knew, no one knew what the heck was going on. Right. Right. And actually my old supervisor, the one that said I wasn't very good at my job, uh, gave me a fantastic piece of advice. He used to work, or I think he still does work for the United Nations Immigration Board. So basically he works on trying to figure out how war-torn countries can move their people efficiently out of that particular country. Sure. And he said, Liam, whenever there's a natural disaster, war, hurricane, whatever it is, the people that move usually survive. And the people that stay put don't. Mm. And I remember around March, I thought, wow, this is uh, pretty crazy, this this COVID thing. It looks like a whole bunch of people are working remotely. And I I remember uh, when your president Trump made that address, I went back to the team and I said, this is our time. This is when, this is our silver lining. This is our moment as a company. And we need to take full advantage of it as quickly as humanly possible. And we moved, Uh, we moved hard, right? We put all of our chips in because actually before that point, we were really debating because our tool time doctor is a time tracking tool for remote teams. And before that we thought, well, should we really kind of brand ourselves completely for remote work? Like maybe we should also brand ourselves for the office. Yeah, we got okay. rid of all of that. We said yeah. remote only. We are yeah. only a remote time tracking tool. We went full in all of our chips on black and it paid off in massive yeah. dividends. Uh, and I think that when you see those t- types of opportunities, the people that don't completely commit are the people that end up losing. Yeah. Unfortunately, even if it's just a 90, 10, Oh, I'm going to keep 10% over here. You've got to be committed. It's got to be one vision, you know, one company, one organization moving us forward in this direction. Because if you don't commit, you'll always think to yourself, well, maybe the grass is greener on the other side. You got to get rid of the grass. You got to just say, I've made my decision. I have no regrets. I'm moving forward. Yeah, that makes sense. So whatever decision you decide to make in that moment is one you just need to fully own and go after, right? You know, I think sometimes a decision needs to be made and at it's better to actually make the wrong decision than no decision at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of the thing that again is very counterintuitive, right? but uh, the faster that you can make a decision, understand that maybe that was the wrong decision and then have the time to jump back and choose yeah. your other path. Um, the faster you're going to move in as an organization and the more successful you're going to be. Yeah, that makes sense. What, um, last question here, if, if there are one or two things you could leave with the listeners today, that if they were to implement and take action, help move their life forward today, what might that be? Uh, first one would be read my book. Cause it's awesome. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> where where are we going to find that, by the way? Everywhere, if you basically? Just, if you go to Amazon, yeah, type okay. in running remote book, you'll be able to find it. It's coming out August 16th. And I would probably say the second thing is remote work is no longer a nice to have. It's a need to have. If you yeah. think that your organization is not going to be in part remote and there are not team members inside of your organization that will state, I demand to be able to work remotely or I'm not going to work in your company. You've got your head in the sand and you've got to adapt to that new reality as quickly as humanly possible. Understand the methodologies of how to manage these people, understand how to get them to scale. And yeah, I mean, that's the biggest piece of advice that I could give people, which is more kind of a warning, which is you've got to adapt to this new reality. It's been two and a half years and it's not going away. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I appreciate your time here today. What's, uh, yeah. So the book, obviously we can find that on Amazon, but it, where's a place that we can follow you and, and sure. wonderful on time doctor and everything else that you have going so on. So timedoctor.com, just go check it out. Go to the URL. Uh, there's a free trial. If you're interested in the book, go to runningremote.com slash book. We actually have a whole bunch of the process documents that I had talked about. So like okay. how to do my job as an example, it's all there and you just okay. can download, download them all for free. And then if you want to check out the conference, just go to runningremote.com um, conference. We do it once a year. We just had one a couple of months ago, but we're going to do it again. Okay. And then if you yeah. can't afford the book or anything like that, go to youtube.com slash running remote. All of okay. our talks are up there for free and it's a masterclass in remote work. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today, especially uh, as you're getting ready to head out. So I hope you enjoy the vacation, the time with the family and and uh, and uh, Portugal. I mean, that sounds like an amazing place to be, especially this time of year. So I'm going to eat have... a crap load of egg tarts. And... <laughs> I like it. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good day. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I missed my life, missed my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I Invested in myself, I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader, I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer, we can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it, I probably already did Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, Bailey. Championship, championship, championship leadership podcast. Championship leadership podcast. With Nate Bailey.